0: you need to have a conversation, the two-way dialogue about what do they need and what can the employer provide that isn't an undue hardship to allow this individual to perform their job with some sort of modification.
1: Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game changing HR and leadership insights and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. Hello and good evening to everyone. Thank you for coming to our first live episode of the While We Were Working show. It is our weekly show where we help people become better leaders of small businesses and small teams. Uh, I'm Joy Price, the founder of Jumpstart and I'm joined as always with my awesome host, Summer Keetron, say hey Summer.
0: Hey everyone, welcome and thank you for coming tonight. Are you nervous? Well, I can't say that I'm nervous, but this is the first time I've ever done something like this. So if, um, you know, if I, if I make a mistake, um, just, you know, give me a little grace, but happy, you know, happy to be here and definitely looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, and, and speaking of being here, you know, we're doing this show in the midst of a celebration of 11 years of Jumpstart and uh, be the first team retreat. So we've got our, uh, our, our team here, You want to go ahead and and just wave the folks. (laughs) We've got, uh, well, Summer from California, Brittley from Ohio, Alex from Wisconsin, and Maria from the Eastern Shore of Maryland. Kiara is in the back. She's awesome. She's um, now moved here to Maryland. So when I was hiring my team, I, I pretty much said, you know, I want to hire someone who's out in the West Coast so we can have an excuse to, to go out there in, uh, in San Diego. And then um, I love my, my Midwestern nice folks, so uh, intentionally building out the team. Uh, but, but why do we do these shows and, and why do we have this live podcast? Um, it's really to help small business leaders become better at what they do. Uh, we think about you know that saying that people join companies but they leave bosses, and so what if we could create a company, create a show, create some entertainment, some information that helps uh, less people want to leave their boss? And so this is our small way to contribute to that big big world of uh, thought leadership and the uh, management and HR space. And so you know, without further ado, let's go ahead and into our our high low Buffalo. Tell the people what, what that's all about.
0: Certainly. So low Buffalo is an activity that we started at Jumpstart within our team. And it's also something that we now share with our clients as a great exercise, especially when you have remote or hybrid work teams, as just a way to connect. And so what we do on our Slack channels is we share a high of our week, a low of our week, and the Buffalo is really just anything random. That you might want to share and the purpose of this is truly to celebrate with your team something that they're excited about and the low is an opportunity to help support them in something that might be weighing on them or dragging them down and of course the buffalo is just always something fun um it's just a great way to connect it's a way that you know we've learned so much about each other and we've been able to celebrate and lift each other up. Yep. And I think it's just overall just been a really fun thing that we look forward to every Friday. And it's also been great to implement with some of the clients that we've worked with as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and my wife was uh we we were talking one day and she was like, "Hey, uh you heard of this high low buffalo thing?" And I was like, "Yeah, we do it every week." So, it's uh I won't take credit for us starting it, but it's something that's catching on and a lot of people are doing it. So, uh what's your high low Buffalo?
0: I would definitely say the high is getting together with the team this week. It's something that, you know, being a remote team, you build connections, but meeting everybody in person is truly like such a highlight and the session that we had today and just some of the ideas and enthusiasm and excitement that came out of that I was already looking forward to the next 10 years, Joey, but now I think some of what came out of today it just really amplified that. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely my high. Um, my low, you know, I can't really say have a low, but coming, you know, coming from the other coast, time change is <laughs> really getting the best of me. Um, but you know, other than that, just I wish the retreat was a little longer. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, really, you know, I think my buffalo, my something random is that I've never been here. Um, this is my first time to this wonderful city and I'm absolutely loving it. Yeah. Um, so I'm already making plans to come back, uh, but just the hospitality and the people have just been so kind and, um, just amazing.
1: Yeah. And it it helps when you're, um, staying at the Pendry. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) shout out to Juan and the awesome hospitality there. Um, but no, it's funny, you know, you're out on the West coast and one of the things you mentioned, uh, when we were making our way over to Dave and Buster's, you were like, there's so many trees. Over here. <laughs> so I take it for granted, right? Mm-hmm. You know, every fall, um, I'm out in the lawn blowing leaves because uh, it's an annoyance. But uh, we take for granted sometimes just like environment and how mm-hmm. how different people see it. Um, that could be a tip for business too. But uh, we'll go ahead and, and keep moving. I guess my, my oh, your buffalo. That was it. That was your buffalo. Yes, for first time. All right. Yeah. Um, my high, I won't I won't copy you, but definitely meeting everybody for the first time is pretty cool. Uh so I'll make my high uh everyone experiencing the club Crab Dip. Uh it, you can't come to Maryland without something crab or something old bay. And so uh for everybody to be able to experience a little bit of Maryland flavor uh is is really awesome. Uh, the low, I will say too. I think it was it was too short. I'm I'm kind of rethinking this this whole remote working thing. I, I just want all of you all here, full time. Uh, but but I was talking to somebody I said, you know, well I run a remote business for a reason. So like you guys have to go home. But I can't wait till our next retreat, um, which sounds like it's going to be on the west coast. So uh, we'll take this on the road and uh, we'll get some sun the next time we have our retreat. And then the buffalo is uh this actually isn't the most important thing that I've ever done in this room. Uh, I actually got married here in this in this space, so uh so this is um somewhere on the list of important things, but most important was uh getting married here in this in this room. Um, so let's go ahead and get into while we were working. while we were working is a segment that we do every week. Where we cover a, a news article, a trend, a hot topic, something that you may not have paid attention to because you were working and so us HR nerds, this is what we do. We're on top of the articles we're reading the the blogs uh, we're seeing it in our work and we identify for you what should bubble up to the top um, in your in your perspective. So uh, this this week we're gonna do a slight, Humble brag and uh, talk about my article in Forbes. Uh, but most importantly, the article is entitled Five Areas Impacting the Future of HR. So we wanted to make this conversation broad reaching and accessible to everybody because we've got different perspectives in the room, right? We've got employers, we have employees, we have freelancers, we have uh, retirees, right? So, um, what are the five trends that are impacting all of us in this room? And uh, the first one that I want to talk about is uh, workplace flexibility. So when you think of workplace flexibility, A, what does that mean? And why should people pay attention to it?
0: Well, it's a really great question. And I think for many companies, it means something different. But when we talk to employees about what is workplace flexibility and what does that mean to you, it means being able to balance the demands of work and the demands of life. And for everybody, that may look a little different depending on if your business is in-person, hybrid, or remote, but we are seeing more companies venture to the hybrid or the fully remote environment. And if we're talking about that specifically, to dive even a little deeper, we're finding that for remote employees, It truly means being able to fit their work in their day around their life. Now, I know that sounds really crazy to some, and we were talking about that, I think, was that this morning? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, how we're very, very blessed to be able to do that with our work. And we recognize that not every company or business can, but. When you're able to provide team members that opportunity to truly, you know, we say live their best life Mm -hmm. um, and still be a high performer, finding ways to do that in your business in whatever fashion that looks like is truly what team members are looking like. So it's less of, hey, if you're remote, we want you to be online between eight to five. Or if you're hybrid, we want you in the office Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Team members are really looking for the flexibility of, hey, well, like, we expect you in the office three days a week. And maybe you designate that one of them as like a meeting day, so everybody's there at the same time. But it's really less structure um, and more flexibility, but still with boundaries.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, you all aren't on camera, so this isn't getting to your bosses, but quick show of hands, who feels that their sweet spot is the traditional nine to five work block? There's one. There's one. There's one. I won't, I won't name that person, but so glad you're here. Uh, how, many, how many people are maybe early risers? Maybe you feel that, that 6 a.m., that 5 a.m., when the world is still quiet. Okay, about half or, or more than half. Uh, are there any uh, night owls in the room? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw some people raise their hand twice. So <laughs> when do you all sleep? <laughs> if you're working in the morning and you're working at night. Uh, yeah. Um, but that's the flexibility that we're that we're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I talk about this concept or this idea of thinking about the work day, not within the confines of like nine to five or eight to four. Mm-hmm. But that 24 hour time block, because for someone uh the, Their best work day may be getting a head start at seven a m because they have like kids to shuttle to school right and then they're coming back and they'll work for a little bit, but then maybe they want to take a midday yoga session right mm-hmm. um and then they'll come back and work in the in the afternoon, grab their kids soccer practice whatever, and then log a few hours at night when the kids mm-hmm. are in bed or you know people who are traveling and maybe um they enjoy being a freelancer or, or work on the road mm-hmm. and Maybe they're on a plane for three hours in the middle of the day, Mm -hmm. and then they want to stop and hang out at the airport lounge and put some time in. Um, So really just evaluating that workplace flexibility. Mm -hmm. I think employers who are able to offer that are going to be be very successful in this this current battle for talent that we have. And I know for those who are um, listening to this and say, well, we're retail we're hospitality mm-hmm. we're brick and mortar, people have to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, just greater flexibility around shifts and mm-hmm. um, flexibility of calling out and, mm-hmm. and being able to have some support for for individuals who may need to call out for an appointment mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be.
0: If I can add to that, I would also say for those that are um, kind of the the physical in person employers, it is also ensuring that you're providing your team appropriate notice for meetings, So it's being respectful of their obligations outside of work and uh, recognizing that, you know, if you just pop a meeting on the calendar on very short notice, that might mean that they might be missing a doctor's appointment or something that's really important to them. And the question that I always ask um, really anybody that I'm talking to who's like, hey, like, Summer, how are you doing this? Because, you know, I want to do it, but I'm not quite sure it's going to work for my business. The first thing I ask them is, well, what are your competitors doing?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Great right? Because if your competitors are doing it, then you should be able to do it too. And if you're competing for that same talent, and we already know that employees want this flexibility, where do you think they're going to look to? You? Or your competitor
1: right and it's no longer about the competitor in your backyard it's the competitor across state lines, right so uh, the game has changed with regard to the options people have for employment and uh, workplace flexibility is super super important to attract great folks um, the next thing we will talk about is inflation's influence on retention uh those 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 gas prices those the gas miles aren't aren't hitting the way that they used to hit uh when it, it got up to what twenty dollars in california at one point
0: oh man i didn't see that but i will
1: say
0: okay. <laughs> um, after i saw the trees here i saw that gas was like around 350 and mm-hmm. it's about 650 where i'm at right yeah. now so uh definitely i think um team members everywhere are feeling the pinch of one way
1: or yeah everything's more expensive from the gas to the milk, to the eggs, to uh, education, to cell phones, everything is becoming more expensive. And uh, I'm no economist, but if it's, if it's more expensive to live, then it's probably more expensive to commute to work, to um, you know, do, do our, live our life. So what, what are some of the things that in, uh, inflation is playing on, on retention and attracting people?
0: Well, it's it's a really great question. And I actually had a situation come up with one of our clients recently where a team member went to their manager and said, Hey, my my landlord just raised my rent about, you know, ten percent and I was already kind of living paycheck to paycheck and I feel really bad asking, but is there any way I can get a raise? And I mean it's an honest question and challenge that employees are facing right now. And unfortunately, this organization's a nonprofit. They have a very set Like salary um, structure. And unfortunately, there's just not a process in place to be able to make that type of adjustment. And the harsh reality is, this team member is likely going to look for another opportunity because we all know if you leave your job right now, chances are you're going to leave for something that pays more, if not significantly more. And those are the challenges, the direct things that we're seeing come right out of you know, the the inflation. So I think there's a lot of challenges, but we will see more of that. Yep. And um, you know, it's if it's not happening at your companies now, uh, definitely expect it to be happening soon.
1: Yeah, and and not just uh the cost of things going up, but it's our uh retirement portfolios going down. <laughs> um I don't even wanna look at mine right now uh as as there's a collective groan in the room um but but with when when prices go up people stop spending and when people stop spending the values of companies go down and when the values of companies go down their share prices reflect that so it's a it's a cycle effect of when you raise prices things happen and of course you know people will tell you that uh, recessions don't last always, and we've always bounced back, and um, that is true. The trend line for, for example, S and P five hundred is still up and to the right. Uh, but who's to say that you know the person who was looking to retire now um, they won't be working a little bit longer, or maybe a retiree may say, you know, uh, my portfolio is not enough. I'm going to go back and find employment. So uh, we're seeing a lot of. Um, boomerang and uh still was it silver uh gray collar workers uh coming back into the workforce because um i mean the the amount of money that they were going to live on just isn't enough and so they're they're finding ways to supplement income
0: to that i would also mention that you know, with you know some of these challenges you were talking about kind of that cycle effect right so um companies needing to find ways to also cut costs and often we will see the first thing that uh, some of our clients want to do is well we just need to cut our workforce and so we say well time out (laughs) time out yes that may be an option but like let's let's look at this holistically because we all know that at some point business is going to turn around and you're still going to need great people to run your business so where else can we save and you know now is the time if companies haven't already but you started to take a look at well, what can we do to save or maybe not spend money we were planning on spending so that we can preserve our people because you will need those good people,
1: yeah, you'll need the people and you'll need that institutional knowledge that uh gets lost when people who've been at the organization for a while leave, and it's not just like you know the the old movie office space, the guy walking around like where's my stapler where's my stapler?" <laughs> But it's you know, how do we make critical decisions? Uh, who are the key influencers in an organization, and why? Uh, when people leave with that knowledge and it's not transferred to somebody else, then you, you really set your organization back. Um, anything else on inflation's influence on retention you want to talk about?
0: No, I, I think those are the main points. We've okay,' got a lot. To-
1: Cover. Yeah. So let's tackle uh, one that, that I like a lot is uh, potential for training and working in the metaverse. Um, it, it's interesting because this is a point that I, I still believe is going to be a uh, important factor in the future. Uh, but with the economy the way that it is, I don't think that the adoption is going to catch on as quickly. But we're already seeing companies like uh, Xerox where um, you put a headset on. And you're able to learn how to repair uh, copy machines and and, um, and printers. Uh, imagine if you're able to take sales calls with a, a virtual person and and show. I don't know. Uh, I like boats. So imagine if you can ship a headset out to somebody and you have a headset and you're able to do a virtual tour of a boat, or um, even a a repairman is able to say, "Well, put this headset on and I'll tell you how it's supposed to look," or um, you know, if you think about training a person for, uh, for retail, and you can have a simulation of like angry, angry customers, happy customers, customers that need different things, we can program um, games or or tools and software in the metaverse to to scale up our ability to to do training, to do learning, and at a reduced cost, mm-hmm. right? Um, you can build in the metaverse less than maybe creating a whole set or training environment. So I I think that's going to be important. What do you think?
0: Well, I must say that before I started working with you, I had never even heard of the metaverse. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm the only person in the room who was like the meta who. <laughs> uh, but uh, the more that we started to talk about it and I started to look into, you know, kind of this virtual world or virtual space where we can interact with one another. Um it really started to fascinate me and the more that I started to find that companies are start you know are beginning to venture in this space I did see the potential exactly as you described and you know I think about how much this is going to evolve over the next several years and you know it makes me think about I'm pretty sure everybody in this room rem- remembers what it was like not to have an iPhone right? And we got by, right? We were we were good. We found ways to still accomplish it. But now, can you imagine your life without it now?
1: No, mine is here.
0: But that's my <laughs> point is it's something that we didn't know that we would utilize to the degree that we do. And our lives have totally changed because of it. Now, I don't have a crystal ball, but that's what I'm predicting in regards to the metaverse. It has a, has a while to go. But I do think that we will find very unique creative ways to utilize that environment to elevate what we know is our remote workforce and the way that we interact now. So imagine if a larger percentage of workers worked remote and were interacting in the metaverse versus through Zoom. Right? I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but I really do think that's mm-hmm. where we're
1: headed. Yeah, and it it may sound crazy, but I'll I'll ask the audience, uh, who had a like a Tamagotchi? Does anybody remember that? Oh. Okay. Sure. All right. Yep. A digital pet. Okay. <laughs> who um who played the Sims or plays the Sims? Or Roller Coaster Tycoon, right? Digital world, right? uh who plays uh Xbox or PlayStation or mobile gaming right digital digital worlds the only difference now is that it will be more immersive because you'll have a headset or glasses or something like that so believe it or not you've already been groomed for the metaverse uh it's just you know the idea of using a headset is scaring us a little bit um but it's it's coming it's coming for sure all right let's let's move right along. Um, bespoke employee training and development so uh basically um, eliminating the idea of employee training being a one size fits all approach uh, what are your thoughts
0: Well, I feel like as a team and you know what we work with with our clients and just the approach that I've personally taken over the course of my career, it has already been this way. Now I recognize that, you know, not all companies um, are able, like in their present state to be that flexible. But I do think that when we look at, you know, trends and uh, next year and, and going forward, that there is going to need to be a greater emphasis on developing talent um, to finding ways to upskill um, to identifying gaps in um, what you need for a certain role versus what you have, and we've had a lot of conversations with our clients to meet their talent needs, and you know there's a lot of talk about upskilling, right? Look at your current workforce, look at the potential that you have there. What do you need to do to develop them into the team member that you need to fill your gaps? and that is a different type of training um but i'm curious to hear your thoughts
1: well i'll just uh, ride your coattails a little bit on that last part about thinking about the team you have today and the gaps that you have well not every organization has the same gap so you'll need to find training that um, fits the gaps that you have you need to find training and create training that fits the skills that your team members bring to the table and um it's incredibly important to to do this because, again, thinking about why people leave, right? Uh, leaving for opportunities for growth and development. How many have taken a job because you just got bored uh, where you were working and you wanted a new challenge, right? Some, there's some hands in the room. Uh, so, so thinking about what can we do as employers to keep people in the room, keep people on our teams excited, motivated, And that's meeting them where they are with the skills that they're looking to develop.
0: We've had a lot of conversations lately about career pathing. And I think this all fits together. And, you know, for our clients, that means helping them build a structure and a process that they can share um, not only with like internal leadership, but with their team members so that there is a vision so that a team member can say, well, if I'm Um, whatever the position is, if I'm an individual contributor and I look at um, the career path, my role falls into this tier or this grade. Now, if I wanna move up to the next one, then there's a clear list of what some of the skills, some of the knowledge, some of the experience that's necessary to move into that tier. So that's a really great tool for team members to say, I have a future here if I want to move up, I need to work in this area. It's a great tool also for managers to have conversations with their team members to say, you're performing really well here, but we really need to focus on this one skill. So let's work on that. And then maybe next year when we're doing performance reviews or the process that some companies have established to promote, then there's a clear path to get there. That's what team members are asking for. And I think You know, it speaks directly to needing to create that specific training to help team members get
1: there. Yeah, yeah, we could we could probably go on and on about this. We're nerds, so uh, but but we'll we'll keep it moving. Uh, The last one is is probably the most important, uh, which is overall employee well being. And when I think of well being, I think of uh, your 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 safety, and we've kind of experienced that over the past couple years, and. Making sure employers keep us safe, uh, but it's it's now becoming more important for HR to take on the role of mental health advocate too, and make sure that we're creating opportunities to uh, connect uh, with with therapists or with uh, meditation apps or with um, any other groups that might want to sponsor this podcast. But. <laughs> Uh the, the idea of being that mental health coach, that uh, financial wellness person, uh, HR is getting a lot on their plate, but really, you know, who else is going to do it, unfortunately? But what are your thoughts on uh, employee overall well-being?
0: Well, we've spoke about this quite a bit, uh, but I love the idea and the concept of supporting the whole person. So removing the thought and the label of employee, like yes, they're your worker, they're your employee, but if you're only thinking about that individual as a worker, you are missing the whole person. So the concept of taking care of this whole person, it includes benefits. Now I'm a benefits nerd, so I'm always thinking about like making sure that somebody can take care of their health, right? Because If their health is not taken care of, they're not going to be able to perform work for you. We've talked about their financial well-being, setting companies up with some sort of vehicle to help their team members save for their future. Now, we set up a lot of 401k plans. I love it. That's my jam.
1: 401ks, 403bs, IRAs. I'll stop.
0: (laughs) And... You know oftentimes they're met with well, we can't afford that, and it's like, "Well, hold on, like you don't have to do a match like even if you're providing like a vehicle for tax savings and investing in an easy fashion, that's not very expensive to do so in addition to the things that you mentioned i mean we we look at this whole person and finding ways to take care of them mentally uh financially, uh, take care of their health and Kind of going back to what we were saying earlier finding ways to meet their needs with that flexibility that takes care of their well-being as well because they're going to be able to put themselves like integrated with their work life seamlessly
1: yeah and i would say um great great advice but well, I, w- I would also add you know taking care of the employee's well-being uh for the good of the employee uh we i've i've realized that you know um Big tech firms will have, you know, like cafeterias or uh, commuting. And I was like, wow, they're so forward thinking. You know, they really care about their team. But really what they were doing is removing barriers from you from working. Uh, I've traveled to Facebook and and seen, you know, these luxury coaches that they will shuttle people around the bay. But you better believe they have really good Wi-Fi because they expect you to be working (laughs) while you're sitting in traffic, right? So that has the opposite effect where you're creating a perk or a benefit that will fuel burnout and fuel exhaustion. But if you can create uh, wellness opportunities that actually uh, refresh or recreate or reset the individual, then, you know, they'll lean in and be more productive and engaged. Yeah. All right. So um, that's, that's while we were working, you know, the five trends that is impacting the future of HR, and that concludes our segment of while we were working. We're going to go ahead and jump into our, our second and final segment, which is Consultants Corner. This is where we talk about the highs, the lows, the dirt, the T, the everything about being a consultant in this space. Uh, sometimes we get letters in or emails about, hey, I'm having this frustration can you guys talk about it on the show? Uh, sometimes we get it from reflections and lessons learned that we have from our clients. We never name names, we never, you know, do anything like that. Um, and it's always purely, you know, for the listener of the show to get some practical applications of like, how can I learn from the experience that Jumpstart had to be a better leader if I'm in that situation next time. So I think we're gonna talk about we, No.
0: (laughs) We are. I know you probably weren't expecting that. But uh, again, in working with the clients, we're helping them set up processes. And sometimes one of the questions that we get is um, Should we be doing drug testing? And yeah, I think it's a great topic to talk about because my answer is always, Well, it depends.
1: (laughs) It's our favorite, favorite answer. (laughs) And it's our favorite answer not because. you know, we're we're trained lawyers because that's like a lawyery um, response. But it opens the door for inquisition. It opens the door for well, tell us more about the situation, the circumstances, the scenario, and then we can give you a solution that makes sense for your context. So after it depends. What what would you say after that, or what ex- what would you be expecting to hear from from the from the client?
0: well, the i it depends is typically followed with you know what type of workers are you employing? what is your industry? Are you legally required to do drug testing? Remember, I said, well, what are your competitors doing? That's usually a good key Now, it doesn't mean that you have to follow what all of your competitors are doing, but if you uh, do some recon, you're gonna find some common themes, and again, you know when I ask that, it's because Unless you're doing something incredibly amazing and different than your competitors, chances are you probably want to be in the same general ballpark. ballpark. Uh, Because when we talk about drug screening, there's definitely uh, some pros and cons to doing it. And those are the questions that I start asking are, well, well, first off, like, Do you initially have just an idea of like what side you lean on and why? And then we start to have those conversations as to, you know, do we have a hint that they want to or that they don't want to? Because I think we've had uh, some clients who were pretty adamant one way or the other.
1: Yeah, so we uh, we had a client in uh, the alcohol space, Um, they made bitters, they made like the thing that goes into drinks. And uh, the the owner was very adamant and said, we do not want drug testing. We do not want to uh, limit our employees' ability to, um, you know, smoke or whatever the case may be. And I said, um, you may not want to offer, or you may not want to do drug testing, but let me tell you the merits of at least creating a performance aspect of that, right? If if whatever you do on your time or your break or at home uh, impedes your ability to perform and especially keep people safe, right? You mention mentioned, um, you know, what type of worker do you have? Well, a part of this employer was warehouse. And so if you're driving a forklift or doing something where you're operating machinery, you might want to make sure that there's performance standards in place, maybe a vision test, maybe something, right? <laughs> right? Can you, can you, do you know what day it is today? Uh, Can you, can you, can you walk backwards? I don't know, whatever the case may be Um, and and tie it to performance. Um, Because yes, there are uh, more progressive um, companies out there who are leaning towards, well, it's legal, so then it should be legal at work. But another thing too is about moderation, right? So you want to make sure that you have policies that protect your business, uh, even if you're looking to um, protect the rights of your team. Mm
0: I, I think this is a really great topic to discuss because you know I'm out in California. Um, California legalized marijuana um, quite some time ago, and there's I was about been to say, when was it that? <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> but as of you know, checking for our podcast, I saw that there's actually 37 states now who have legalized the at least the medicinal use. Mm-hmm. And so this really is, you know, I think a topic to revisit because if companies had these zero tolerance policies before, they're really not going to work anymore. And I think these are the conversations that we need to be having around, well, first, do you still need this policy as a whole? Or can we rewrite it so that we're focusing more on performance? Mm -hmm. So we're focusing more on this idea of don't come to work under the influence of anything, whether it's Um, legal, whether it's like even just a prescribed medication or alcohol. So it's like, let's not necessarily carve it out and have this separate policy. Like we can still wrap it all under our expectations of what we expect you uh, to do when you are on work time.
1: Uh, I was gonna say, yeah, you mentioned about prescription. And whenever you talk about medicine, prescriptions, uh, I my favorite three letters, the ADA right, Americans with mm-hmm. Disabilities Act. And so employers have to create certain accommodations for people. And so that can be tough for, you know, a, a manager who's managing an employee who is taking medicinal marijuana, maybe for depression or for something else. And uh, they may be managing the they may be managing someone and saying oh they should they should be more engaged, they should be more involved but but no i have this I have this prescription yep. so how does accommod- how do accommodations factor into leading people at work
0: yeah it's it can sometimes be a little bit tricky because I think you know immediately um, those that don't you know really work directly within this space immediately think, oh, well, it's marijuana. Like you can't have it while you're at work and like immediately just write it off. But when it comes to, you know, now we're faced with this medicinal use. So it is a prescribed prescription from a doctor. So you can't have a blanket policy that says we can't, allow, like, how are you going to tell somebody that they can't take a different medication that's been prescribed? You simply can't.
1: Well, I will give you one instance, and there's some folks in the room in this space. In GovCon, mm-hmm. right, um, if you're in, in federal contracting, um, you will have contracts that will say, you know, zero tolerance for drugs. Mm-hmm. And we've actually had an, employee, an employer that we worked with, they wanted to hire in Colorado. Uh, <laughs> everybody knows tricky. it's a little <laughs> tricky right they actually had to uh turn down a candidate that they actually really wanted because the person disclosed like hey i'm on medicinal marijuana mm-hmm. and so that was a a, a, um, a real blow that no pun intended but um <laughs> uh they were really upset yeah. uh that they couldn't bring this person on board because there was no way that they were going to pass a drug test but also there was no way that they were going to stop their medicine and so it's it's a really, really tricky place that employers are in right now. But, you know, the law is the law and the federal law is federal law. And so, you know, we are where we are.
0: Yes. And I, I just wanted to add to that for clarity in regards to uh, the medicinal use and the ADA. Um, the Adults with Disabilities Act does require employers to engage in what's called the interactive process. So... In the simplest terms, if you're not familiar with it, because that's kind of like HR lingo, it just means that um, individuals that are protected under the Adults with Disabilities Act, there's a requirement on the employer to engage in something that's called the interactive process. It's really just a fancy term for, you can't just immediately disregard this employee for their disabling condition. You need to have a conversation, it's a two-way dialogue about, what do they need, and what can the employer provide that isn't an, an undue hardship to allow this individual to perform their job with some sort of modification? And, you know, I think when it comes to medicinal use of marijuana, those are the conversations that we need to be having.
1: Yeah. And I think the more that we understand and accept, um, even just from a mental health standpoint, that's a episode in and of itself because we're now understanding um more and more about our our minds and how we respond to stress. I was talking to my wife about this thing I found on Web I was like, Hey babe, do I have this? <laughs> do I have this this condition? Um everything's fine to work. Never
0: Google it, Joey. That's I know it's a rabbit trail. trail. No, that's the number one rule. Never trust Dr. Google.
1: Yeah. Well, I was like, okay, I, I can check the box in like two of the seven things, but since that's not all of them, I, don't, I think I'm good. But, um, but, but my point is we are embracing more about mental health and the nuances that we have as individuals, whether it be our, um, you know, the, the, at the chemical level or the emotional trauma level or whatever the case may be. And so the more we, we'll save it for another podcast, but the more we learn about mental health, the more um, employers are gonna need to support people along their journey. All right, so um, we, we ran out of, um, of drug topics to talk about, but are there any parting thoughts that you wanna share with the, with the show?
0: Well, I think overall, I, it was really great to cover your article, uh, and talk about HR trends, you know, I I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool to kind of do like Joey and Summer's like crystal ball for next year? Yeah. But when I looked at your article, I was like, well, Joey kind of already covered it. <laughs> um, but I do think that we are going to definitely see some drastic changes over not only the next year, but the next couple of years and uh the consultants corner topic i i think was you know was great and relevant for um our listeners cuz we haven't really dove into it i think to that level um but i think it was a great show today
1: yeah i think so too and i want to thank the audience for being our uh, our guinea pigs as we beta test this format and uh we'd love to to see you out on the road at some point but uh, this room is filled with uh, the people that I wanted to invite, who believe in JumpStart, are supporters in in some way or another, and uh, have been along in varying degrees of the eleven year journey. But I've known this guy for even before the journey. Uh, did I follow you to Baltimore, or you followed me? I did, I did, I did. But I've known, I've known Warren um, since. DC Sherm days and I was working in in DC. And then I just said, I'm tired of this traffic and uh, (laughs) work somewhere else. But thank you all. Um, This ends this episode of while we were working. So if you love it, leave it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and uh, join us next week. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and coworkers. And as always, you can find more info and additional resources at whilewewereworking.com.